0: the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians. We're up to the last chapter now, looking at chapter six of the book of Galatians. We only got uh, really just a few more days here before we're moving on to another book, but there's still some important things that Paul has to say as he continues to instruct the Galatians in what it looks like to live in light of the gospel. Up to this point, we've been dealing with the reality that he is trying to correct their understanding of the gospel. They had once believed rightly the truth of this gospel of grace that he preaches. But then in time, Judaizers came, and we don't know how quickly that was, but they came and started preaching a gospel that included works. And so Paul wrote this letter to bring them back to the truth of the gospel of grace alone salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And he works through all that. And then in chapter five, he begins kind of helping them understand that, yes, we are absolutely free in Christ. Our works contribute nothing. But that doesn't mean there's not a Christian life. And that was probably one of the fears that, that the Judaizers would use is, well, if you follow Paul's teaching and follow all this grace that he's talking about, then you're just going to live in sin. And so Paul is reminding them in in a number of ways that, well, that's not actually the case. There is such a thing as the Christian life. It's just that our success in living the Christian life doesn't contribute to our justification. Only Christ's success in living a righteous life contributes to our justification. So he's dealing with all of that. And We're up now to chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. We're going to look down through verse 10 this morning. Let me pray for us, and then I'll read the passage And we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the strength you give us by your word. We thank you that as your spirit works through the reading and proclamation of your word, we are strengthened in our faith. We ask that you would now strengthen us, that we might honor you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One who has taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Here, it seems that Paul shifts gears a little bit from what he's been talking about, but there are some connections with what he's been laying out. He's just talked about bearing one another's burdens, and this has been kind of understood in a spiritual sense as we talk about restoring the one who is caught in sin or, or is found in any transgression, and in that context, he says, bear one another's burdens, and then he shifts... And seems to be talking now about physical burdens, at least in verse 6. And here is, you know, the favorite passage of, of all preachers, if we want to, you know, get down into the, the depth of it and, and be a little bit honest. One who is taught must uh, the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Here's one of the passages that reminds us that it's okay for guys like me to make a living talking about Jesus. It's okay for guys like me to to make a living being a pastor, announcing the gospel to people in in individual conversations, in public worship, in Bible studies, in podcasts. And and that it's the church's job and the way God has designed it is for guys like me who have been given this calling to be supported by the people that they teach. It, It seems... I mean, almost every day, it blows my mind that I get to do this. This is, in fact, my full-time job, announcing the gospel, shepherding the people at Christ Church Conway, preaching and administering the sacraments. But that's how God has designed the church to work. And so here we see that the, the physical burden bearing is part of the process as well, and is part of the church as well, specifically for those whom God has called. But then he goes on. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And and again, it seems like he kind of changes subjects again, but here he's dealing at, in this burden bearing and in restoring sinners and and in talking about grace and living with grace, he's dealing now with with our hearts. We're not going to fool God into thinking that we're living in grace when we're not actually. The one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And so here we go all the way back to chapter 5, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. And and, and here he's reminding us, you you reap what you sow. This isn't a, again, we've got to be careful, this isn't a works-based salvation whereby Paul is is telling them that look, you're, you know, reap sow salvation and you'll reap salvation. No, he's talking here about the Christian life. If you continue to sow to the flesh, that is, put yourself in opportunity to be tempted, put yourself in opportunity for the flesh to be provoked, put yourself in opportunity for the flesh to be encouraged, then that's what's going to come out of your life. But if you put yourself in opportunity for the spirit to be provoked, for the spirit to be encouraged, then that's what's going to come out of your life. Now, again, we need to be careful. Our catechism rightly defines sanctification as a work of God's grace, whereby we are enabled to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. So it's not that we're, we we have to kind of prime the pump on the spear. We, we've got to be you know careful in how we're talking about these things. But Paul's dealing with this reality that if I put myself, if you put yourself in a position for your flesh to be provoked and encouraged and enticed, it's going to be. So then the question becomes, well, how do we sow to the spirit rather than the flesh? Well, if we go over to the book of Philippians, finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So one, you know, it's kind of the old trash in, trash out principle. What are we filling our mind with? Paul tells us in Romans to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How does all of this happen? Well, it happens, to, it happens by us giving ourselves to the word of God. It happens to us by giving ourselves to the means of grace, to word and prayer and sacrament. These things really are powerful to change us. The Spirit really does use them in our lives. Do you, do you avail yourselves to the means of grace? Are you hearing the word preached? Are you benefiting from the administration of the sacraments? Are you spending time in prayer, calling out to God for mercy, calling out to God for help? See, that is how we sow to the Spirit and so reap from the Spirit eternal life. And then he goes on and kind of moves back into this idea of caring for one another, this idea of bearing one another's burdens. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now, here's the other side of sanctification. We want it to be in, you know, the the world we live in of of immediate gratification. If I want to feel good about myself, I, I know I can get online and post something that's written a certain way or post a certain kind of picture on Facebook or Instagram and and people will like it and I'll feel good. and, And I can get that instant, you know, kind of endorphin or whatever it is that gets released and I can feel good about myself. But that's not necessarily how sanctification works. The flesh is quite stubborn and doesn't want to be put to death. And Paul reminds us that this progressive sanctification is in fact A process. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. See, that's the reality. Just as when we plant seeds, it takes time for them to grow. If we plant them, water it, spend 30 minutes waiting, and come back and are frustrated that it hasn't grown, then we've we we, we've misunderstood the process of how it works. So sanctification is a process. And so he says. Don't grow weary. Keep sowing to the Spirit. It's not that you're going to sit down and read a passage and stand back up, a saint uninhibited by your flesh at all in the Christian life. That's just not how it works. But as these things become the patterns of our life, as we learn more and more by the Spirit, to sow to the Spirit, as we learn more and more by the Spirit to to think on those things that are honorable and true and and worthy and, and, and good and profitable, as we avail ourselves to the means of grace, as we pray with and for people, as we learn more and more to call out to God, we will reap what we are sowing. So don't give up. The Christian life is, as many preachers before me have said, is it's a marathon, not a sprint. Keep putting one foot in front of the other in your pursuit of God. And you can do that because he has pursued you. So then, Paul says, if we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. See, here's the other side of it. This doing good, this sowing to the Spirit isn't just about the spiritual disciplines of the means of grace and, and prayer and, and the sacrament, you know, those things. It is about that. That certainly is part of it, but it's also thinking about the pattern of our life. Th- those reading the Bible, prayer, that's part of the pattern of our life, but, but it's also thinking about how do we care for others? And so Paul says, so then, as he deals with sowing to the Spirit that we might reap these things, as he deals, you know, deals with doing good and not growing weary of it, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. To everyone. Especially, he says, to the household of faith. So he gives us some priorities here. Yes, we're to love our neighbor. We're to do good to everyone that we come in contact with. That also is part of how we sow to the Spirit is by seeking the good of our neighbor. But especially, he says, the household of faith. It's not wrong for us to prioritize those with whom we are in covenant community in seeking the good of our neighbor. We are to care for each other. It is wrong for us to prioritize it in such a way that it doesn't go beyond that. We're to care for all of our neighbors. And this is part of how we sow to the Spirit. By seeking the good of the people around us. Again, what did he tell us way back in chapter 5, verse 13? Only, you were called to freedom, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's how we sow to the Spirit, in part, is by doing good to the people around us and by learning to think rightly about Scripture and rightly about life in light of scripture. Might we learn to walk in this way together as our eyes are fixed on Christ. Amen.